lots of guests, <laughs> lots of lots of long episodes. Lots of long episodes. Um, so we wanted to talk about some. Uh, well, <laughs> we were going to talk about a specific movie, and then we kind of figured out that we had seen a gaggle of a similar genre of movies. Yes. Yes, we have. Um, so I don't know if you wanted to talk about things one by one, but I'm just going to name off the top the movies that we are going to be discussing in some degree tonight. So we've got Uncharted with yep. Tom Holland. Yep. Uh, we have The Lost City with mm-hmm. Sandy Bullock and Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also saw, just for brief comparison, um, both Treasure Planet okay. for the first time. Oh, really? Okay. And um, Atlantis. Okay. Uh, probably for the first time all the way through. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good night to, it's a good night to, to have oh, treasure. treasure yeah. Treasure movies. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, the Lost City is kind of a treasure movie. Sure. Yeah. Sandra, Sandra Bullock is a treasure. <laughs> That's what I really meant. Right. Sure. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I saw Atlantis as part of my 2001 list and I saw treasure planets part of my 2002 list. Yep. Again, we'll talk about them as we go, but that that's why I've seen them. That's why I've sat down to actually watch them like gotcha. by myself as an adult without, except for, you know, seeing the first act with my kids and then coming in, you know, after yeah. the midpoint and all that stuff. So, right. Um, yeah. When did you see uncharted? Oh man, I saw uncharted. It's been a few weeks ago now, but, um, but it was it was uh, I watched it on my computer, so it was streaming um, and yeah, it was, you know, uh, it was a fine experience. You know, I mean, nothing to say about a streaming experience other than I watched it from the comfort of my own. My own surroundings um, and then The Lost City also was streaming on Paramount Plus, I believe. Yeah, that's where I saw it, too. Yeah, so I, I watched it there. But uh, but yeah, I, I saw The Lost City more recently um, and Uncharted, like I said, a few weeks ago. Um, OK, well, I, I assume you've seen the two Disney films I mentioned. Um, I have, but it's been a long time. All right. So of the four movies tonight, which one yep. did you enjoy the most that you if recall? Me- if memory serves Treasure Planet, I enjoy the most of all four of all four. OK, what about the two live action ones? Uh, I gave them both the same rating, <laughs> which was, which was one star. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh no. So I didn't enjoy them. Okay. All right. Let's talk about, I want to hear about uncharted cause I haven't seen that at all, but I have, I had not heard good things. Can I briefly say what I sure. know of the video game? Yeah. Yeah, please do. It's awesome. That is correct. All right. You are you are not wrong. That's all I got. Have you ever played any of it, or you just know through osmosis that they're mostly through osmosis? Okay, gotcha. Uh, uh, through uh, through osmosist, I know that it's great. Um, yeah, I have. From what I have played, it's really fun, and it's one of those yeah. games that, at least for me, was. And granted, y'all, I'm 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 at least ten years behind in video games, but um, sure. that was one of those games for me that was like, oh, cool. The physics of these are getting more interesting mm-hmm. um, and more realistic, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and away from like silliness and, and there's a big part of that game that is, that is like, you know, you're standing on something that moves, so you might lose your balance and stuff like that. That's not normally a factor in video games. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I just sort of liked how, uh, how immersive it felt, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I think of like moments where the character stumbles and you can kind of feel that the character's sluggish yeah. in the gameplay He's tired, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, like that, that's definitely an element to me. The Uncharted games are basically just movies. Um, They're very story based and they're very um, uh, they're very involved. Like so you you have a a moment where you're playing and then it goes to a cutscene, and the cutscene might be like 10 minutes long, but you don't care because it's engrossing. And then like it comes back and you'll play for a little bit. And then uh, but even the gameplay is laced with dialogue so you're learning constantly and there's exposition dumps while you play the characters are just kind of like chatting with one another which is a great way to build character and and so like for me and and granted i was really late to the uncharted franchise they released a compilation of the first three games 
um, on PS4, and that's where I first experienced all the games. I've always wanted to play them, but I've never owned a PlayStation until PS4. Um, for whatever, well, that's not true. I did own a PS2 um, when I was a kid, but I didn't have Uncharted, and and so, um, so yeah, like uh, PS4 was my first exposure to it, and then I played all three in the compilation, and then the fourth. Um, I know there's like a spinoff game. I haven't played it. But um, but they're really cool. And what sticks out to me most is the story and the characters, um, the characters being the, the most important thing. Um, Nathan Drake is. For my money, is the modern Indiana Jones. Um, there has not been a character that has been able to. Has been able to capture what Indiana Jones was as effectively as Nathan Drake while still moving the needle forward. Um so that brings us then to this movie. Now, this movie had a really long development cycle um, with directors and actors coming in and leaving, coming in and leaving, coming in and leaving. It was like, you know, we we'd hear reports like start date, start of filming April 7th, and then it would be pushed to like October and then the director's gone. And so it's like that over and over and over and over Um so by the time this actually happened, I think a lot of people had grown tired of it and kind of were like, eh, I don't even know if this is going to happen. But uh, but it did. Um, and and it came out just this year. Um, it stars Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, as well as Antonio Banderas and a few other folks as well. Um, and, and and Mark it Wahlberg is, is not Nathan Drake. That is correct. Although, interestingly enough, he was cast as Nathan Drake when David O. Russell was going to be directing the film. And then as time went by, they eventually called him and were like, hey, we're going to do the movie. And he was like, cool. And they're like, oh, by the way, you're playing the old guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah we've 40, recast. So. Yeah, exactly. But here's the problem with it is like those characters, uh, Nathan Drake and Sully, Victor Sullivan, they are um, in the games, both older. And oh, sorry. so this He's is 50. Yeah, this is the this is the um, tried and true Hollywood style right now where it's like this isn't the character, you know, but they're going to become them by the end of the film, which <laughs> which is like the lazy man's way of writing a screenplay because yeah. it, it's built in character development that you don't have to try towards. Yeah, it, this this started with Star Trek, didn't it? You think? Well, I would say maybe it started with like Casino Royale. It's like it's not quite Bond, but like it's, he's he's getting there. You can yeah. see the wheels are in motion. He's going to become James Bond. Yeah. yeah. And then as it progresses, he will become the James Bond that, you know, um, and and then like, you know, Man of Steel took that approach. Well, it's not Superman yet. It'll be Superman. And it's like. Yeah, well, that's just because you couldn't think of a good story to write with this character. So you said, let me make this character be not this character (laughs) and then turn into this character so that it gives the illusion that I've done some really clever character development. So so that I don't have to be the latest writer to get fired from this film and perhaps my name scrubbed from the credits. And let's not forget, this is a Sony project. So casting Tom Holland is kind of a no brainer. Um, He's their most bankable star right now. So it's just, it just kind of makes sense. Although there are plenty of people who were gunning for this role, not, not the least of which is Mark Wahlberg, but also, you know, Nathan Fillion was gunning for it. He created a short film, which was actually pretty, pretty good um, and captured the games well. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they cast Tom Holland, but as I'll get to in a minute, it also makes no sense that they cast Tom Holland. No, no, it's, it's, it, it's one of those things that goes, it's just because you're Sony and he's Spider-Man right now. Yeah. Uh, the same reason I'm imagining that, you know, Paramount cast Tom Cruise as Jack Reacher. It's like, this right. isn't right for the character at all, but you and Paramount are tight. But yeah, but you make us a lot of money. Hell, so. you open Paramount Plus, it's like almost all Tom Cruise. The <laughs> Top right, Gun, exactly. Jack yeah. Reacher, Mission Impossible. That's it. That new trailer just, was cool, by the way. It was. It yeah. was. It was awesome. All right, anyway, <laughs> uh, they should just make a streaming service called Tom Cruise Plus. Tom Cruise Plus. Well, it, it it's it's coming. Um, yeah. Tom Cruise squared. He's like Tom Cruise screw squared. plus. Plus is for kindergartners, <laughs> right? <laughs> I want to be cubed. Um, Tom cube. <laughs> Tom cube. Tom cubes. 
Um, yeah, man. So, so the film's directed by Ruben Fleischer has, you know, a host of screenwriters, oh, another Sony person. Yeah, correct. So yeah. pulled straight from Venom and given this, um, so, um, yeah, what, what can I say about this film? Um, so first of all, let's just start with the direction. The direction is kind of milk toast. It, it looks like, um, somebody tried to make a, an uncharted movie, but also wanted to make it like a Hallmark movie. It's like the best way I can explain it is it's like really glossy though, in the way that the Hallmark movies are where there's like no film grain because it's shot digital, but you know what I mean? Like there's just, there's no texture to it. It's just flat and boring and glossy. Um, and, and the, the action is, um, not up to snuff it when compared to the games, which are really known for extended action sequences, which are very over the top. Um, Nathan Drake is one of those characters that like, he's very lucky. He's probably more lucky than he is talented at yeah. fighting. Um, and, 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 and so you have like these moments where it's out of the frying pan into the fire kind of thing in every action sequence. It's like, just when he gets the upper hand, oh, now something crazier yeah. comes around and this is going to be even tougher. The cliff um, we're standing on is collapsing. Yeah, exactly. But I fell but onto then, the right tree. Oh, but now the tree's on fire. Correct. That's exactly what <laughs> I it need is. I to jump in the river. Oh my God, there's crocodiles. <laughs> right. And and that's what you'd expect. And like, there's one sequence in this film and it opens the film that kind of does that a little bit. But even that feels really... Um, over the top in like a, uh, a campy way, not in a fun way. And, and there's a very fine line between those. Like you can have fun and it can be kind of um, exaggerated. But once you cross the line from exaggeration into unbelievable, then it then it becomes campy. And that's where this film lies. Um, so so the direction, eh, not great. Screenplay, also not great. I already touched on that a little bit. Um, you know, in terms of the story, it's very bland and exactly what you'd expect, but also, um, not at all what you want because, because you're coming to this with a knowledge of four video games with good stories and good characters. And like I said, the characters aren't the characters yet. And the, the relationships are changed. I mean, for instance, in the games, um, Nathan Drake and Sully, um, have known each other for years. Like Nate was a kid when Sully living in an orphanage and whatever. And he, and he meets Sully and Sully kind of like takes him under his wing, this like, you know, thief, uh, mentality kind of stuff. Like we're going to go pickpocket stuff and find some treasures and whatever. So they've been together for decades. And in this, like they're just meeting for the first time, Tom Holland's, you know, whatever he's supposed to be in this film, 25, whatever. And, uh, and they're just now meeting. So like all of that history, is gone. Right. And so like the characters aren't the characters. The story is just, we have to get the thing that everybody else wants, but we need to do it first because it's valuable. Not because like, you know, in the Indiana Jones model, like we got to get to the arc before the Nazis do, yeah. because the Nazis are going to use it to unlock unthinkable power yeah. you know, whatever. This is just like, Hey, we want the money. So we get got to get there first. Yeah. So and you're already so sort of like, oh, this is a really superficial motivation to get to this thing. It's very superficial, Which very vapid. Would be fine if it was like a com like a black comedy where like you're supposed to kind of laugh at their selfish actions and then right. you know it might justify the story beats kind of shitting on the characters. Or or even like it might even be okay if they establish that these characters need money. Right. Like, we, like we need money, but like Nathan Drake is, is like a really talented bartender and presumably lifting from his clients, like thousands of dollars every night, you know, in, in like jewelry and stuff as he does his bartending and mm -hmm. spouts random historical facts. Um, and like that, that's what it is. And, and it's, it just doesn't make any sense. Also, Nate's not a bartender in, in the games, just saying. Um, also so, Tom Holland doesn't look, look like he could get into a bar, <laughs> much less just be a, a very experienced bartender. Like, yeah. yeah exactly. I'd like a Manhattan. It's like, come on right up, sir. Like, wait a second. How old are you? Right. And, and here. he's spouting facts about history. Like, dude, you, 
you don't know anything. You know what's funny? You were born when the GameCube was a thing. I was watching an interview with Bam Margera. Speaking of Paramount stuff, I guess, earlier, not within the context of this movie, but I got tied in somehow. Um, sure. I had been watching all the Jackass movies because they had Paramount Plus. And uh, so I went and listened to some interview with Bam Margera. I found out that he can name any capital of any country, period. You just ask him, like, what's the capital of this? And he's just like, oh, it's that he just knows them all. Like, they did it throughout like, this two-hour-long interview. Wow. And um, I remember thinking, like, if I weren't watching, like, a person I know is real do this, yeah. I wouldn't believe this talent if I saw it in a movie. And then you said yeah. Tom Holland basically does that a similar type of thing in this film where it's... Yes. I'd be sitting there thinking, like, this is so writery. Yeah. What's a yeah, quick exactly. way to, to say that this person... Is intelligent. It knows enough about history to be like this fumbling archaeologist, but they currently aren't at the beginning of the story. Correct. Like, oh, I wonder what he's going to grow up to be. Something with history, I bet. Yep. Because here's all of our character exposition right here at the front. Yeah. Would you tolerate a bartender talking about history random to you or just be like, cool, give me my drink and leave me alone? Yeah, I'd be like, okay. I'm trying to complain about my wife to my friend here. (laughs) (laughs) No, you you'd literally just be like, I I don't care because somebody like walks in and orders a drink and he's like, well, it was invented by, and it's like that's that's like obnoxious. It's obnoxious, and if you want to get tipped, boy, read the room, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, exactly. But he doesn't care about tips because he's just going to steal your watch anyway. That's true. Um, But. But yeah, I mean, the ruder you are to him, the more he can justify stealing all of your shit. Correct. And and that's another point. Like in the games, I mean, Nate is is talented at, you know, pickpocketing and, and doing things like that. But but you never get the the impression that he's just a thief constantly and is like always doing like like he has some sort of drive to constantly be stealing things. And in this, that's kind of how they paint him which makes him look really like sketchy and yeah. And, and it's just like, yeah, I I don't know. I just can't get behind this hero doing (laughs) this, you know? And so I I don't know. It's just really weird. Um, And then, so, and then Mark Wahlberg is just sort of playing Mark Wahlberg. Like he's not playing Victor Sullivan in, in the games. Sully is, you know, an old grizzled, uh, you know, kind of guy. He's always chomping a cigar. He's got a big, thick mustache. He's not, he has no Boston accent. He's just like, Hey kid, come on, we got to go. And, and like that sort of thing. And, and he's like the guy on the other end of the, of the earpiece who's feeding you information. Which is why it's important. He have a distinctive voice. Right. And, and he's, he's in (laughs) on the action as well, but you know, he's, for the most part, kind of just feeding you, you know, like somebody for Nate to bounce ideas off of because like you'll be playing and Nate's like running through the jungle or whatever. And you're like looking for stuff and, you know, trying to explore. And he'll be like, Hey Sully, are you seeing this? Look, it's like a thing. And it goes to this other thing. And it reminds me of this thing I saw in the journal. And he's like, Hey kid, you're talking way over my head here. All I, all I want is you to go to the, and like, that's kind of their dynamic. Right. But it's, it essentially exists for Nate to express to the player what these clues that you're finding are um, rather than having him like think everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but all that to say, like in this Sully serves no role, there's no purpose for him here. And throughout the entirety of the film, the point is that they don't trust each other. And and towards the end, it's going to be like, well, we have to learn to trust one another if we're going to get along in this world. And uh, and and it's just a really hackneyed like, I don't know. Yeah. OK. In the games, they're buds. So the screenwriters like, I don't know. What if they're not buds at the beginning and then they become buds on the way? And it's like, well. Yeah, Treasure but buddies, that's like telling me how Bruce and Alfred became friends. Like, you don't have to do that. Just let them be. It's one sentence. I worked for your father and then he died. Yeah. And now yeah, I work for you. I have a soft spot for you and whatever I, you know, whatever. And you it, pay but, but, my salary. Yes. And that's what, that's what Sully is like, like, Hey, I took you under my wing because you could help me when you were little and, you know, could get squeezed in tight places and do stuff and like, okay, well that's great. But then. It's kind of like Yondu and, and Peter Quill a little bit there. Yeah, a little bit. I thought you were quoting the movie until I realized you weren't. It just was a very similar explanation. 
Yeah. You got small yeah. hands. Good for thieving. Good for thieving. Um, but you know, I mean, it's, um, it just, it, yeah. And so between poor direction, poor screenwriting, um, visual effects that are just kind of so, so, and sometimes actually pretty bad compositing wise. Um, and part of me looks at movies like this and goes, was it COVID? Like, did COVID cause this? Like, but then I'm like, yeah, but that's not an excuse. There's literally just the simplest shot is like, um, Nate is standing in front of an open window at one point and there's like stars and the moon in the background. And it's just, you can almost see the, the outline of the green screen Ugh. around him. It's like, y'all didn't even composite or the this lighting, well. not matching or something. Yeah, The lighting didn't match. It was yeah. just disgusting. We know that the, we, since we talk about this so frequently and we both research it, at, uh, to an extent that like we both, you and I both know that's like a combination of not shooting it right on the day and then having a lack of time or money on the back end. Yeah, correct. And and so that's where I'm like, oh, maybe it was COVID, but nah, eh, it's not a good, a good enough excuse. And honestly, like these days, and again, like to complain about something like CG, where it's just like, like, well, CG is a big part of the, the like, it's like, it, it's, 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 it's so much less expensive now to make good CG. I know that like it, you know, costs a lot of money and it costs a lot of, you know, it's a lot of render time, a lot of artists. And, you know, I know it's not cheap, yeah, but it is much more cost effective because of how good software is now and particle simulations are and, and keying and you've got led walls is like, there's, there's a way to do it, Yeah, which is why it's okay to have high standards. It's, Yep. If, the, if this were 2005, we we're like, man, these effects look like shit. It's like, well, we're in the middle of a transition period. We're, yeah, we're biting off more yeah. than we can chew. Right. You know. Exactly. <laughs> but it's 2022. Like, We expect more. It's entirely possible for a studio like Sony to have good effects for a blockbuster film. Yeah, for sure. So so between all of that um, and then, like I said, the the main actors are not well cast. Like, they they do a fine job with what they're given. The problem is they shouldn't be the ones delivering this because I don't buy their relationship. I don't buy them as experience. Like you even said it. I don't buy Nate Drake as a, as a bartender. As an adult. Because, because yeah, as an adult. So, because I'm also like two weeks off of seeing Spider-Man and, and exactly he was right. playing a 17 year old. Yeah. And you, you, so you cast him for the very reason he, he doesn't work for the very same reason you cast him. People know him and recognize him. The problem is the, yeah. he's famous for playing a teenager. Correct. So, so that it's a catch 22. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, add all of that up and what it boils down to is just that it's, it's not, um, it it just, it, it doesn't live up to expectations because the games are so good and this is so bad. Like this is not even like comparatively it's bad. It's just bad. And and it makes it worse that the games are good and lays a good foundation. Um, and so you think of things like, OK, um, when I think of of Uncharted, I think of a few things. I think of a lot of gunfire. Well, in this movie, there's not really a lot of gunfire. I think of climbing, climbing and like parkour, like that sort of thing is like one of the main things. Really no climbing. A few uh, there's a couple like running chase scenes, but n- n- it's not like parkour. Well, thank God um, they don't walk the whole film. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I think of cool driving things where like yeah. you're driving a Jeep and people are chasing. You have to like hang out of the Jeep and like shoot people. And like there's none of that. I think of Nathan's journal. He has this journal that he carries and like, you know, takes notes on everything that he's doing and seeing so that so that the player can refer back to it later. But like the journal is a huge part of his character. No journal, nothing. Um, you know, it's perfect it, it, exposition I, machine. Yeah. I think of, um, I think of supernatural characters. So like a Yeti might pop up in the games, no supernatural entities here. Um, I think of, of, compelling characters no compelling characters here um it's just a fail on every imaginable level um and 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 it's disappointing it's disappointing as a fan of the franchise and it's just disappointing as a fan of good movies um so for me 
one star, it did piss me off. Yeah. And, and there's one spot in particular. I wanted to make sure I brought this up. I, I texted Kellen because Kellen's a huge fan of the Uncharted games as well. Okay. And so I texted Kellen and was like, you would not believe this scene that I'm watching right now. <laughs> so there's a scene where they're they're trying to track down. I can't remember what they're trying to track down at this point. If it's they have these two crosses which act as keys to get to some like next clue or treasure or something. And so um, Nate is following um, a girl in the film, um, the character Chloe. She's from the games. But anyway, so Nate and Chloe are like down in this like tunnel trying to follow the clues or whatever. And Sully is up top on the street level. And you would not believe he's in Barcelona, Spain. And and guess where this set piece takes place? You would think, oh, he's in Barcelona. There's a ton of great scenic locations where you could set this this like scene where he's hunting for something and then the bad guys come in and there's a fight scene. Mm -hmm. So like, cool, this great vista, maybe overlooking a beach, like the ocean. It's inside a freaking Papa John's. I was going to say, is it indoors? (laughs) It's inside a Papa John's pizza. (laughs) And that's how you know this is a Sony product because Papa John's is all over the place. And I looked it up. There is a like two Papa John's in In Barcelona. Barcelona. (laughs) But so it's not completely inaccurate. But the chances of a of a Papa John's being built on top of some ancient site that that is part of this thing that then he goes like Mark Wahlberg walks into this Papa John's and there's like all these people, all these like Spanish folks in there eating pizza. And I'm like, I this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's where it <sighs> lost me. And product placement doesn't normally bother me. No, me neither. But but with this. The, the entire set piece took place inside of Papa John's. This is exactly like, do you remember in Man of Steel when an entire fight scene takes place inside of an IHOP? Yeah, yeah. it's exactly the same thing. I was going to mention the Power Rangers movie. Isn't that a Krispy Kreme? It, it's a it's a yeah, it's a Krispy Kreme, <laughs> I think. It's the same thing. And then and then there's like I never saw the 2016 Ghostbusters, but I think no. Papa John's was like a big thing. They went to Papa John's <laughs> and all ate Papa John's or whatever. And it, that's a Sony product. But it's it's very much like of all of the things that uncharted is it's fantastic locales and like all these scenic things and you're like running on rooftops and you can see way out in the distance and the blue skies and birds and what like all this stuff that when you're playing it and you have surround sound it's like enveloping and it's just like this huge artistic experience that yeah. makes you kind of feel transported for a minute. And instead the movie takes you inside of a Papa John's like that's <laughs> the, that is where we are. And that's, um, soul crushing, soul crushing. That's a great <laughs> word for it. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think I'll watch this again. I don't think there will be a sequel. Maybe there will be, I don't know, but uh, the movie ends with sequel bait. Sorry, spoilers, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, it ends with with sequel bait. And and what's worse, and this, this is going to be the spoiler, so if you don't want to hear this, skip a minute. Um, what's worse is like the film... In, do you care, Hooper? I no, mean, I, I don't no, want to no. spoil it for you. No, so by, especially by after the this end, review. <laughs> yeah, so by the end of this film, they're still not like... They're friends or whatever, but they don't. they're not like Nate and Sully yet. So the film then jumps forward in time an undisclosed amount of weeks, I guess. And they're on some other thing. This is like a post credit scene. They're on some other adventure and Nate's wearing something more akin to what he wears in the games. And Sully comes in wearing something more akin to what Sully wears in the games. And he has a mustache. And then and it's like. Oh, now we're the characters in the post credit sequence. Like, that's where we're the characters. And I'm like, that is ridiculous. And I hate you for it. So uh, and also this movie didn't need a post credit sequence. It's not a Marvel movie. So I'm tired of post credit sequences, even in Marvel movies. Let's be done with them. Let's let's finish them completely. They're done. They serve no purpose anymore. So so that that's where this is. And I hate it. And oh, Okay, and this is not a spoiler, but th- this is this is 
indicative too of the level of storytelling here. Like I said, the whole the whole character arc is we're going to become the characters that you know. How do we do that? We do that by literally putting on the costume of the characters. Mm-hmm. So so like I said, by by the end of the movie, they're not really like the characters yet. But there's one sequence. Everybody knows Nathan Drake wears like the shoulder harness where he keeps his guns. Yeah. Right. They're in in the in in the in the the third act of the movie. Nathan Drake finds that thing, that shoulder harness, and he puts it on. He just finds it like it's just it's just laying around and he puts it on. And the theme from the game plays for like, you know, just a few little stanzas is like. And and he puts it on and he almost looks right at the audience and goes there. I'm in it. I'm wearing the thing. And then and then like I think he loses it a few seconds later. I don't know. Yeah, there's always something that the some video essayist refer to, but pathos and bathos and how like bathos is like the the Marvel movies do it a lot where like there's this tendency to like right after a swell of pathos, something completely like, you know, something will happen in the story where the, you're you're supposed to be filled with this sense of like inspiration, mm-hmm. but it's trendy currently or it was to immediately then have them like be hit by something from off screen or something happened yeah. to trip them up. Like there's a big thing in Doctor Strange where like he he's he has the cape on he's finally wearing like the full costume and then like the the like the music's playing and everything he's looking it's like oh my god this is like the doctor strange shot and then like the cape starts like messing with his hair and he's like ah stop it and it yeah. undercuts the pathos of the scene almost immediately yeah. yeah because they're sort of going like oh we want to service it but then we want a, a cheap a cheap you know joke with them yeah. like tripping and falling like oh because you're looking at your navel gazing you're going to trip over this vine and fall down this yeah. hill and lose right. your trademark holsters. Or what came to my mind was Ray handing Luke a lightsaber and him going Wing. and throwing it over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. 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 Okay. So anyway, one star for Uncharted. Um, if you're a fan of the games, skip it. Skip it, skip it, skip it. Um, yeah, that's all I got. All right. So the Lost City. Um, so this is another, it's okay. Not really a treasure hunt movie, but it's a adventure on Island, um, on, you know, Island or exotic location, um, type of thing. So the lost city is a Paramount production. We both saw this on Paramount plus, um, because of their 45 day exhibition window that they have with, with, with their service. Um, yep. So considering you gave it one star, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you're glad you saw it on Paramount Plus yes. <clears throat> as a subscriber and not as a ticket purchaser yep. at a theater. Um, would you have seen this in theaters? No. Yeah. And so I wanted to briefly sort of like just mention like just to sort of continue to color commentate on this whole shifting industry. This is the stuff like this is why I'm glad the 40 like a, a 45 day window with Paramount can work. You know, yeah. a movie like a movie like this, I think it made plenty of money. Um, I think it's like the ninth highest grossing film of the year. It might be tenth now with Doctor Strange, but uh no only get lower as Jurassic World comes out and Top Gun comes out. Yeah. Uh, and then Thor's gonna come out. Uh, but I thought that I, I remember I was I was, you know, I still have Paramount Plus because I'm trying to watch some stuff on it, and I was like, oh. Oh, cool. I forgot about this, this whole thing with the new releases. And, uh, yeah, so I just, I I think I, 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 I thought that it would work when they talked about, Hey, this is what we're going to do. I think they started with a quiet place maybe. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking that's totally fair. It's a fair window. I know it's not ideal for a lot, you know, many parties involved, but for, as a consumer, I'm like, well, look, yeah, if I'm, if I'm bought into what you've got going on, then yeah. of course I'd love to be able to watch your movie if it, you know, if, if I don't care about seeing it right away and I don't want to yeah. spend $15 to see it. Right. Um, so this film stars Sandra Bullock and T- Channing Tatum. Uh, I forgot who was directed by. I don't have the thing pulled up. It is uh, Aaron and Adam Nee. It's a story of a romance novelist played by Sandra Bullock who has written a string of adventure romance novels. Um, uh, starring essentially an avatar for herself as this doctor, as this archaeologist, you know, um, 
and her love interest who is personified on the cover of the books by Channing Tatum. Um, and so they are recur- they're a recurring pair in the book series. And she's kind of jaded and disillusioned with, you know, essentially, as she would describe it, peddling schlock to people um, just to sell books because writing is not her passion. She was a, she was like a doctor. Well, her husband was an archaeologist, a famous archaeologist. He passed away a few years ago. Uh, so between that and the fact that I think she said that like none of her stuff was getting published. Um, so she supported herself as a, as a fiction writer, but she is only able to kind of do it and live with herself because she's interlacing these love stories with actual real history and, uh, and deep, deep, uh, historical, um, ties. And because the stories and the locales and the historical events that she is writing about actually happened, it draws the attention of an eccentric billionaire, uh, played by Daniel Radcliffe, who is like, Hey, I, um, think I can, I found this ancient lost city and the clues to it are sort of, you know, uh, I kind of got from your book and he kidnaps her and forces her to help him find this lost city or uncover this lost city. And he's got to do it now because there's an active volcano. And so time is of the essence. And Channing Tatum is in love with her and witnesses her kidnapping and, um, you know, puts things in motion and, and, and goes out there to rescue her and they bond and the movie ends. Um, so you gave this a star. Yeah. I probably would have rated it higher. I watched it with my wife. I, I guess I thought it was fine. Um, I think I liked, I think I liked, uh, I liked that it was just easy, easy watching, <laughs> you know, sure, sure. um, you know, I liked, I like Channing Tatum. I love Sandra Bullock. Um, and, um, and I like, um, I like low stakes. <laughs> sure, I like, I like sure. a low stakes, uh, light action romp. Yep. Uh, so it was a uh, pretty easy to, you know, check all my boxes for what I've, you know, need to happen for me to tolerate seeing a movie. Sure. And it was perfect. It was perfect, you know, light fair to watch like with my wife, like on a Sunday or whatever, whenever I watched it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I'll say there's not much special about it, except that it's not based on existing IP. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah. What did you, where did you feel like it, uh, wasted its potential or failed to, um, um Yeah. So, so let me start with why I watched it. I watched it because I'm a sucker for treasure hunting movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did, I never saw a trailer for it. Didn't know yeah, anything me. about it. It literally, it just popped up on Paramount plus And I was like, okay, yeah. I got like a treasure hunt movie. So, um, so that's why I watched it. I was pleasantly surprised that Daniel Radcliffe was involved. I did not really know that, but I, I really loved him in this movie. I thought he did a great job Mm -hmm. and, you know, watching him kind of chew scenery was, was maybe the best part. Um, Channing Tatum's kind of playing the same character as the jump street movies. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess that's okay. Which I like. Like, It works. It works. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Sandra Bullock is just kind of like bland to me in this. Um, I think, I think the, the problem with it is it's not really a treasure hunting movie. It's a romance movie. Yes. And, and the problem with that is I don't buy the romance for one second, (laughs) not one second. Did I ever buy this romance? Um, and, and, and what started where I knew like, this is on a downward slope really fast was, um, the film, it's gotta be in the first 10 or 15 minutes. She's on stage um, promoting her new book and Channing Tatum's going to come out in his wig and whatever that he wears on the covers of her books and, you know, get the crowd excited, whatever. They're going to talk about the book. Um, and he comes out and he's dancing to the final countdown by Europe. This is the exact joke from Arrested Development that Job, Will Arnett's character, does in his magic acts. He comes out and dances and fool, like fool, makes a fool of himself to the final countdown by Europe. It's the exact same joke. It is lifted mm. 100% from Arrested Development, and I love that joke in Arrested Development. 
Um, and now you hate it. <laughs> and no, I still love it. I hate this movie for it. Um, it made me like I literally had to pause this movie and come back to it about 15 minutes later because I was like, I am I am livid that they have stolen this joke from Arrested Development. Wow. Verbatim, like not even a not different even, song. Yeah, I mean, it's the same song, a different the song same by like Europe. smoke machine. It's the same thing. <laughs> like it pissed me off. Then I don't buy the romance because I don't understand. Like I would imagine, I don't know the inner workings of the publishing world, but I would imagine that Sandra Bullock's character writes a book, sends it to the publisher. The publisher markets it by putting a man on the cover. Um, why that man is involved in the book tour. I don't understand. I, 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 it's seemingly it's because they're so popular and they're so clearly popular because of him and not necessarily like he's such a strong marketing tool that gets them bought in the first place that people, but, but, but if, if, if we're to feel like this is like a a thing, if we're to believe that this would happen, this would be the first time in the history of publishing that a cover model was so heavily involved in the marketing. And you would think that because of that, he'd be paid gobs more money than he was being paid just to appear as a cover model because now he has to essentially improvise and live a character for weeks Correct. <laughs> cross country and turn down other gigs. You know how much you'd have to pay a cover yep. model to retain him for like eight months to launch a book. Books aren't that profitable. I mean, like books make a lot of money, but like, yeah. it's not like it's a movie or like right. a, or like a pay-per-view boxing ma- match. <laughs> like right. the profit well, well, march, you can give this guy $10 million. To- well, and, and that's, that leads me to my next point, which is this is a cover model. Presumably he has other gigs. What is it about this one? That's his favorite. Maybe you could say, Oh, I guess maybe it was his first. Maybe it gave him his big break. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. There's a sentimentality attached, but I don't believe he'd be in love with the author. I don't, th- there's, there's nothing to suggest that she is such a, like she's openly, uh, uh, she, she openly hates him. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry, but I have yeah. a problem ever believing that romance begins with hate. Um, I, I, maybe it happens, but, but I just, I have a hard time in movies where it's like, I hate him. I don't want him yeah. on this book tour. And then, and that he's still like, I love her so much. I guess the point is he's an idiot and doesn't know that she hates him. It's even but, worse in movies where like they have like a huge argument where things are thrown and they're shouting at each other and they're yeah. right in their faces. They're like, I hate you. I hate you. And then they just like start furiously making out and like, you know, they, <laughs> right. they push all the stuff off the table and right. it's like, take me like all that's the, that. <laughs> but that's even worse because yeah. like, like I just, no I don't, th- there's nothing about Sandra Bullock in, in the opening part of this film that makes her seem desirable or makes her seem like she would be someone that Channing Tatum would want to like woo and, 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 and desire. I was about to split hairs with you, but I don't know if I can. Like, it's like, I see why Channing Tatum would be, would be attracted to a super foxy older woman who's intelligent but I'm thinking of Sandra Bullock, not this character. <laughs> but, but, and also, right. Somewhat, somewhat like, I don't, I just don't know that like, a, there's a man, a mentally stable man out there that looks at a woman and she says, I hate you. And he goes, I don't care. I'm going to, I'm going to pursue you, win you forever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I have a hard time believing that that's, that that's the case, especially when, you know, it's Channing Tatum. It's not like, we're not talking about like some I, I might would buy it if she was the author and this was just some like, you know, pencil pusher at the at the publishing house who's like, I'm in love with you. And she's like, I hate you. Yeah, whatever. You're an idiot. And then he's like, oh, but I still love you because he's just some nerd that has no other options or whatever. Just this like schoolboy thing. But I don't get that from Channing Tatum's character. And and if you're telling me. I just I just don't see it because because you can even say, yeah, OK, he, he finds intelligence attractive. I think he says that like he yeah. or, or maybe she says it. I can't remember. Someone she says it. says it. OK, so maybe you could say he does, too. He finds intelligence attractive. Well, I think that's really hard to buy when they go out of their way to make him as dumb as he is. 
I don't think he would find intelligence attractive, <laughs> that character. So, so just that, he finds so it that's attractive that. because he desperately, desperately needs it for he has none of his own. Sure. And then, and then, and then, so, so that's the main thing. Yeah. Like, like there, there's a lot I can talk about that doesn't work. Like I like, I like the Brad Pitt role. I like, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I do not like that the, the publisher, her friend or whatever is like, I'm going to track them down. And she goes to track them down and gets on a plane with Oscar from the office. Like I don't know yeah, that I, none of that, that storyline doesn't work at all. Um, wasn't a very cool stereotype for either of those characters. Really? We're, no, we're back no with ch- chapter two of the sassy black lady. Right. And, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's derivative. It's formulaic. The, but, but the, but the main problem is the theme of the film is that these, this odd couple, this intelligent, uh, you know, bookworm closed off woman is going to fall for this bimbo airheaded hunky dude doofus like doofus like that that's that's what we have to buy and not one time in this entire movie do i ever buy it not one time and and especially when the first moment like the first moment where you feel where i felt like the screenwriter was trying to hint that like there might be something is when she sees him naked and i'm like well so much for your intelligence thing because that just destroyed your character. What what you do is you have him display some intelligence yeah. that she didn't know he possessed, yeah. and she finds that attractive. Instead, but he, instead, he displayed a a, a penis and, that she didn't and, know he possessed. That is correct. And and so then after that, it's like, oh, okay, maybe I'm softening towards you. And then they go to they they sleep in this hammock together or whatever. But they have this big fight because whatever and like. I don't know. The whole thing is just, it's like, I don't buy any of this and I don't believe these characters. And then at the end, like if, if the end goal is that they lived happily ever after, you really have to do the heavy lifting to tell me why this person is who she would, who she would want to be with after her incredibly successful archeologist husband passes away she's gonna be like i think i'll go with the complete opposite yeah yeah tell me tell me why and also i don't know that that ever happens much somebody who like has a successful marriage and then and then loses becomes a widow or a widower usually chases somebody similar through no fault of their own it feels to me like generally speaking they're looking for what they lost not the complete total opposite of it. Um, that's what you do if the archaeologist husband left her. <laughs> so, yeah. so the ro- the romance does not work for me one bit at all. The B plot does not work for me one bit at all. And it should have just been the Brad Pitt, Daniel Craig. I mean, Daniel Craig, Daniel Radcliffe movie. And, and, and that would have been fine. Now, having said that, there are a couple of funny jokes here and there mostly from Channing Tatum and his performance. But that to me, like that doesn't save it. So, so that that's where my issues with the film lie. It's, it's in the central romance. I don't buy it. But if you are a Paramount plus subscriber and you're looking for something that is super easy, it's there. There you go. Also, can I just say one thing? I don't know if you've ever seen the film romancing the stone. Mm -mm. It was a Robert Zemeckis movie. Um, from I believe before Back to the Future. Um, yeah, I think it was from the seventies. Uh, yeah, and so it um, so romancing the stone. Let me, yeah. Nope, nineteen eighty four actually. Okay, so one year before Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, the plot of that film is a uh, a romance novelist um, goes to the jungle with a guy who's a an adventurous like an adventurous hunky whatever and they fall in love that's the premise and it's right out of one of her novels that's the premise of the film and and the only difference is in this film the 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 male lead is an idiot and in that film the male lead is basically indiana jones okay so it becomes more of like that romance thing where she gets swept off her feet by the guy she wrote about yeah 
and she doesn't know him. She meets him in the jungle and he saves her life right. and like they fall in love. And, but it and, makes and, sense because that's clearly something she's into. And now she has a taste of it in real life and is energized correct. by it. And, and in this, it, it, and she gets a taste of adventure. She's, she's yeah. never had adventure. She just writes about it. She just writes about yeah. it. And, and, um, and she's not like some super brilliant archeologist or whatever. She just right. writes romance writer, novels yeah. and that's it. And, and she goes off and finds this man who's essentially Indiana Jones and falls for him. And in this movie, they took that character and said, okay, let's split him. He's an idiot on one hand and the other hand's Brad Pitt, but we're going to kill Brad Pitt. Sorry. Spoiler alert. The point is it's, it's, he lives. um, yeah, well, this is true. Um, <laughs> inexplicably. Um, another horrible, uh, yeah. post credit scene, mid credit. Right. Scene. Yeah. It does. It's not necessary and confuses everything. Um, but, but yeah, so I'll just say like, I love, I love romance in the stone. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember really loving it. Um, this is kind of the same thing. Boy. And romancing the stone has Danny DeVito. So instantly better. Is he the Dana Radcliffe character? Uh, he's like the villain, but he's okay. not, he's not like the Daniel Radcliffe for sure. For, but they're both short men. So sure. Um, <laughs> and, and, the, and Michael Douglas they're both named Dan. Yeah, they're both. There you go. So that's it. So this film just straight up copied romancing the stone and made wow. it worse. Wow. It kind of is like, is like they said, what if romancing the stone was a, was a comedy. Yeah. Romancing the stone is an adventure movie. It's okay. an action adventure movie. Sure. And they, but the lost city is a comedy first. Dang. Um, and so in, in doing that, you lose the romance of it because you play it all for laughs. Romancing the stone has an 85 on Rotten Tomatoes. What does the Lost City have? The Lost City has a 79. Really? Wow. I'm shocked. Yeah. Well, still, I love I love romancing the stone, so. Yeah, the Lost City doesn't sparkle quite as brightly as some classic treasure hunting capers, but its stars screwball chemistry make this movie well worth romancing. That's not even well written. No. What happened to this website? I have no idea. Audio. But so my, my recommendation is you can check out the lost city because you have it and yeah. you have Paramount plus. Yeah. Sure. Let me see if romancing the stone is streaming anywhere. Audience says with lots it's of on- laughs and some likable stars, the lost city is a fun, lighthearted adventure that passes the time painlessly. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. Oh my God. Wasn't painless to me, we want- but, but I, but I would say like, uh, uh, if you have HBO Max, Romancing the Stone is there. Okay. Check it out. God, that's such a backhanded compliment. Well, yeah. it passes the time painlessly. Is that what a movie's supposed to do? I didn't want... There, there was an hour and a half where I didn't want to murder myself. <laughs> I guess it was a good movie then. Um. All right. Well, then let's... Uh. I don't have too much to say about these other two films. Yeah. I just saw them recently. Yeah. And I thought that they would mix in well with what we were talking about. Um, yeah. I don't know that they do at this point because they're better than these two movies, but um, I think they have very similar strengths. I mean, like Atlantis, I thought it held up really well because I was like, okay, I haven't seen this all the way through. I don't know how cool, how how good the story is. The story is great. The characters are all really distinct. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The voices are all good. The animation is really cool. The, that mixture of 2d and 3d animation that Disney is starting to do more and yep. more in this era was really worked for me. Yeah. Uh, the shit, I mean, I love the production design. I love the whole aesthetic. Like this, all this steampunk, you know, like here's all these ships that definitely didn't exist during this time period, but yeah, who gives a shit? Um, right. Yeah. You've got, you've got uh, Michael J. Fox as Milo Thatch, who's, you know, has the key to discovering the lost city of Atlantis. And he, he finally gets in with like a crew to take him there. And then halfway there directly at the midpoint, they find, you know, you sort you sort find out that the, all the military people are, well, actually all of them really are there for different reasons. They all double cross them. Yeah. And then only some of them that you like decide, yep. no, nah, we should have double crossed them. And then like, you know, they fight the general and of course they find Atlantis and he can speak to them cause he can read the journal. And it's, it's like this whole, I read some stuff. There's like some, you know, white savior criticism about the movie, I guess, but, sure. um, but it's a, it's a really cool movie and uh yeah. i don't even buy the white savior criticism because like 
obviously Milo is white and the Atlanteans are not, but like, but it's more that like Milo just has an earnest motivation for wanting to discover Atlantis. Like, yeah, he, 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 he's not there. You know, he obviously, he obviously leads people there who have bad intentions, but he is sort of like, Oh no, no, I, but I, I just want to be here because I wanted to, I wanted to see Atlantis. I don't even really want credit for discovering it. And by the end of the film, he's like, yeah, "Yeah, that that people don't need to know that we ever found Atlantis. Like they, they cover it up and they don't, you know, so there's no glory or anything. Um, but yeah, I'm, um, the, the characters are all really well defined. Animation's great. Pace is great. Writing is great. James Newton Howard's score, uh, is allowed to frequently take center stage. Um, and I, and you're just, you're with the main character. You're, yeah. you're, you're with him from the steam room that he has, that he's in and all the professors who are mean to him and, uh, nobody likes him, even though yeah. he like has this, you know, has the, you know, he has the golden ticket to get this expedition to, uh, this once in a lifetime, um, uh, uh, find. And I just, yeah. it's a really fun movie. I, yeah, I really love the character design in that movie. Like yeah. the thing that comes to mind is everyone's got these like really square fingertips. Yeah, yeah. And and like flat looking hands. Yeah. And it's just really cool. Um, really yeah. stylish. And, I like that too. And, and a little bit different for a Disney movie. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I think Atlantis is great. Like I had seen it in bits and pieces yeah. like with my kids because I just knew like, oh, Disney, Atlantis. And I'd like watch it every now and then. I'm like feeding yeah. one of them. And they're like, all right, well, now I got to go, you know, cut the grass is or it, something. Is it Leonard Nimoy in that movie too? He is. Sorry. He is the king. He's the king of the ah, Atlanteans. Okay. Um, this was Jim Varney's final role. Is it really? This wow. was his final role. Okay. Uh, the, the last project he voiced was this uh, was this film. It's, I think it's dedicated to him. Yeah. Um, James Garner's the general. Anyway, yeah. it's, it's a, it's, it's a cool movie. I, I like Atlantis a lot. I think there's, yeah. um, a lot to like there. And then you got treasure planet from 2002. Um, again, which I'd seen sort of pieces of, I definitely saw the marketing. I remember the marketing, um, you know, with, and you know, treasure planet is treasure Island. If it were in space. And again, Disney was really into this at this time. Lots of steampunk. You got a robot character voiced by uh, um, Bobcat Goldthwait <laughs> for mm-hmm. some reason who pops up in the middle of the film. Yeah. Um, and of course does that thing where he, he talks and he occasionally screams. Yep. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what Bobcat Goldthwait does. Yep. Um, yeah. This is, again, I don't have, I don't have as much to say about treasure planet. It's just really cool. Uh, you got, I could not place the voice of the main character. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yep, that's him. Yeah, but then you've got other, a lot more star-studded cast in here, but not not even star-studded, just like, oh, great, that's perfect. You've got Emma Thompson, you've got David Hyde Pierce, um, uh, Laurie Metcalf, um, again, Corey Burton, uh, Tony J. Tony J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a really, it's again, you know, if you know Treasure Island, you know the beats in the movie, like, but in, you yeah. know, in this film, like, they're, they come into possession of a, of a, of a treasure map and, uh, and they're trying to find the treasure slash keep the pirates from getting the treasure. Um, and this is just another one where the, where the animation, the animation in this movie is smooth. Yeah. Like the movement is so good. Uh, the production design again is really, 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 really creative. Like it, like Atlantis is great and big and cinematic and more cinematic probably than this movie is. Um, there's just a lot of shots in Atlantis where I'm just like, wow, like this is a movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one was one of the ones where you sit down and go, you look at every create, every character and every little, uh, piece of their design. You're like, damn, that's creative. Yeah. I just look at just long John Silver's like his, his robot arm, all the stuff it can do. I was just like mesmerized. Like this is so cool. Yeah, it, it's a cool movie, and and I I love the cast. What sticks out in my mind is like, um, Jim Hawkins on the on that like uh, skyboard wind sail yeah. thing, like towards the beginning of the movie. And then I, I feel like I've started this movie like eight hundred times. I guess when I was a kid, because I remember the beginning of it really mm-hmm. distinctly, um, and like you know him and his mom and the and his dad disappearing or 
Actually, I do forget that. Anyway, there's some flashback in like black and white or something, if I remember right. I can't remember. Anyway, David Hyde Pierce is a dog man. Yeah. And, 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 and it's really cool. Martin Short's in it. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really a lot of fun. It's great. And, um, yeah, um, Emma Thompson's character is like a cat. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, I just love the design and like, I don't know, the feel of this movie. Again, I haven't seen either of these movies in a very long time, like probably yeah. high school ish era, but, but I, I, I remember liking both of them. I don't know that I loved either one of them, but I remember liking both of them. There's just a uh, lot to like. You go back and look and you yeah. go, wow, there's very little in this movie that feels like a, like a timely, like a dated yeah. gimmick. Right. Which right. plenty of movies are guilty of. And, and you go back right. and go, this is very much a movie of its time. Like we, we talked about with Saving Silverman whenever yeah. we talked about that. And, and plenty of movies yeah. we review um, from, from, from uh, a long time ago are, uh, don't age well to an extent, yeah. but the good ones have a timeless element to them and they didn't get caught up in some trend. I mean, again, I wouldn't say steampunk is a bad trend. It's just like, oh, this was a time in it was a time. cinema where that was a popular way to design your film, I guess. And 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 mixing that 2D with 3D was very yeah. much of its time. Sure. But like, I, but, you know, at you least go, for Treasure Planet, it works yeah. for me again, because it's, it's like, just, oh, OK, it's futuristic like you know whatever yeah um and and just like the coloring yeah. and all that like i remember it just being vibrant and just a beautiful movie so yeah i don't know i i love what was the name of that little dude uh that um mr arrow has that's like the little like flubber a squish thing yeah, yeah. I, like, uh, I loved that guy Scroop? when i was a kid scroop was okay scroop or is that just another characters that does not sound familiar but Corey Burton okay. plays a character named a oh sorry uh, onus I thought it was anus um <laughs> it's like I missed that um let me find out what that thing's name was morph morph it's morph yeah that makes sense okay yeah I don't know yeah, why I thought it was scroop of course it's a cast full of pirates like scroop dingy scroop yar it be scroop here scoop. <laughs> anus <laughs> Yar, my name be Scoop, Ooh. and this here me my first mate, Anus. <laughs> Anus, swab the poop deck. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember both of those being good movies. Yeah, uh, no, they're, they are. They're both on. You're still thinking of poop. I'm, 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 I can, I'm, I can, I'm see, trying, I can see your wheels are turning. I'm trying so hard to just move a pass <laughs> and better myself and move past this joke, and I. I simply can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really, it, it takes concerted effort for me not to continue, continue those <laughs> right. digressions. Right. You know how hard this is for me. I know. I would say probably the better film is Atlantis. Okay. It was more satisfying, I guess. Okay. As a whole. Yeah. But I, I just, there's so much to, there's so much to appreciate about, about them both. And, you know, obviously they're both very structurally solid and, and, you know, straightforward hero's journey. And there's very, very familiar beats and you can watch the movie and go, oh, this is where they're sad. Something's going to happen soon. You know, like, so it feels very familiar without, without you knowing exactly what's going to happen. It's like, you're going to, it's like, it's not like you're watching you go, oh, well in the very next scene, he'll find the map. Like you don't know the plot. You right. just know the beats, you know, that yeah. we're, we're bound, something positive is bound to happen soon. And then yep. when they're on top and everything's going well, you go, Oh, something bad's probably about to happen. And you know, right. it does how they get out of this. It's just, it's, it's a very nice familiar ride with, that's what good structure is. It keeps you feeling like, okay, I'm oriented in the story yeah. without feeling like I'm, I can predict every single action that's about to happen. We talk a lot about the three act structure and and just making sure your film is well structured. Um, the 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 thing is like you can break the three act structure and you can rearrange it kind of however makes sense for you. But what's great about the structure, like you said, is it orients you in the story. It helps you understand how the story is going to unfold. And essentially, it's like a roadmap to audience understanding. Uh, we're all familiar with the way that that plays out. So if you if you if you follow it completely, it's a good way for your audience to also follow your story. But if you break it, it's also a really good opportunity for your audience to feel caught off guard. So doing it at the right moment is 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 a great tool. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
Um, as far as Disney movies go, these are both really underrated. Um, like, I don't feel like anybody really talks about these. Like, they're forgotten movies from 01 and 02. Um, it's kind of like that weird dark era after the Renaissance, but before the switch to CG. Um, so it's weird. It's a weird spot in Disney history, but um, but I, I liked both of these films when I was a kid. So, Like I said, I was exposed to them in pieces, but as an adult, for the first time, I was surprised that I didn't have some plucky criticism of them. Like, well, this is... Right. Clearly, you know, right. it was, uh, I was, I was glad I'd seen them and I would watch them. Right. They'd, they'd be, they'd be my go-tos if we're laying around going, Hey, you want to watch the thing? You know? Okay. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And my kids Sweet. could watch them and enjoy them. Unlike some things that are made. Yeah. Very, very recently. Right. Well, Hey, while we're talking about Disney movies, uh, there is a reason why I wore this hat because speaking of, uh, oh, adventure of adventure, uh, characters. Yeah. Um, while, while you're on Disney plus checking out treasure planet and Atlantis also check out DuckTales treasure of the lost lamp. Uh-huh. Um, it was not, it's not an actual Disney animated film. It's animated by Disney tune that the company that did like goofy movie. So it's not considered part of the Disney animated Canon, uh-huh. but it, it's, it's a Disney theatrically released film. Um, and it is on Disney plus and, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's not, fantastic but yeah. it's a lot of fun and you know if you're up for a good adventure story ducktales uh okay well uh you're mr anus um, <laughs> shiver me timbers shiver me anus <laughs> hoist the sails there anus mr sphincter turn starboard <laughs> no hard to port <laughs> your butt your butt all right all right, let's put this. To, let's put this to bed. All right, I Dustin, ruined the button. We did. I know. I did. All right. Good. Good. Good night, everyone. <laughs>